Hi, if I could take a moment of your time before we start. If you've enjoyed previous episodes or if you enjoy this episode, if you could subscribe on the platform that you listen to, that would be really helpful. It helps us get more guests and push the podcast forward. Thanks. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Car Chat podcast. And you are joining myself and Mr. James Walker. Hello. How's it going? <laughs> from, from the road. And uh, we are currently on a, a road trip called the Snow Tour, which is just a bunch of mates driving in Sweden and Norway in some slightly ridiculous cars in the winter. So currently we're driving down an icy road at 60 miles an hour. <laughs> Part of me wishes you were filming this because it's yeah. the most abstract scenario. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's really, really random. And the reason the audio may not be that bad, like, Hopefully it won't be that bad. Is we're in a really pretty great car for this right now. We're in a Bentley Continental V8 convertible. We've got the roof up for this recording, but we've had it down. We've had the roof down on many occasions, and I'm, I'm actually surprised, other than earlier when it reached minus 13, other than that moment, I'm amazed at how warm we're actually able to maintain ourselves. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it was actually pretty ridiculous how in, in minus 13 with the roof down, pretty you're not nasty. really cold. Like, we did have our coats on. But also, let's just talk about the instruments which are in this car oh, yeah. in order to aid uh, thermal ability, <laughs> right? So we've got t- two contraptions on, on either seat. So both driver and passenger seat have something called an air scarf, which is as glorious as it sounds. So that, like, blows hot air around your neck. And then we've got heated seats and we've got this sort of wind diffuser deflector that sits behind our head to stop any sort of like cold turbulence coming inside and and when you press the heated seat button not only does the seat heat up but the armrests on either side so the center like thing you lift up and the armrest in the middle is heated and the armrest on the door is also heated just in case you've got chilly elbows (laughs) it is ridiculous what do you think of the what do you think of the v8 
So I was really fortunate last year. Bentley lent me a W12 Continental. I had that for four or five months. So it's been really interesting to be able to compare those two cars. Now, granted, but that's not necessarily fresh in my mind because I probably handed that back about six months or so now. But immediately having driven this car, the agility, the difference in agility is pretty substantial. So weight saving alone just from the engine is 50 kgs. And that's just from the engine. So I I found it more agile. I found it still had plenty of torque. Uh, I actually think it sounds better. The W12 for me was sort of extra refined and serene. And even though you had this unbelievable engine in front of you, you didn't really hear it that much. You just benefited from this like swell of torque. Yeah, it's it's actually, I've driven a W12, not the current one, uh, a while ago. And if you said to me right now, which which car would you have? Hands down, I would have a V8 because it's, it's cheaper, lighter. It's like the same performance. Yeah, it, I'd say it sounds better. Yeah, like there's a, there's no reason in my mind why you'd get the W12 unless you just you know you really want you to have that engine for the sake of it. But it, yeah. it, I don't think it makes the car better in any way, shape, or form. Sure. And we've <laughs> we what, what else have we done this week? We've been drifting. <laughs> we have been drifting. I mean, this car in this environment is a juxtaposition in itself because it's sort of sort of pearlescent champagne yellow against pure white snow, but it's also a convertible. So we've had the roof down, champagne yellow car against snow, all traction off, going sideways, four up in this car. We've had four of us going completely sideways around an ice track. Uh, that's been amazing. Is the most fun you can have is just driving any car and I've said this many a time like my favourite trips have been with this group when we've basically come here and brought any car but the the four wheel drive in the on the ice and on the snow just really helps if you if you're just on winter tyres four wheel drive I think is is pretty much in this it's it's super helpful because you can just you can pull yourself out of stuff that otherwise you're just sliding off the track whereas two wheel drive I think studs studs would be nice for a bit but it's totally fine like you it is scary how much grip you have on winter tires like right now so a second ago we stopped the car we pulled over to take some photos, get the drone out. And when I stepped out of the car, I almost fell flat on my ass because of, of how slippery it was. And I had no concept that it was that slippy because the winter tires just get rid of any of that. It's unbelievable. Yeah, you can brake, you can accelerate, you can turn. The only thing you can't do is brake super hard and super fast. But you can, you like noticeably stop when you brake and you just find yourself looking way further down the road. Yeah. One of the trick things this car has, it has like all the gadgets. It has these sensors that for the headlights that scans forwards. And when you can just leave full beam on and then say, imagine there's a car in front of you in the road. It will direct your full beam just to either side of that car. Like around the car. Around the car. And then if the car moves left, it like adjusts it accordingly. Or if someone's coming towards you on the other side of the road, it blocks exactly where that car is in your full beam. And then we have the like a thermal camera that comes up on the dash. Thermal's the best, man. This at night time. So good. You're covering ground like at pace and it will it's like some crazy 
sci-fi thing it will when it sees a person or an animal or anything it puts a little yellow box around them and then highlights them on the screen and tracks them as they come in and out of view if you've ever watched the predator <laughs> right it's like predator vision built in to a bentley and actually my previous generation rs6 had it and at the time i kind of thought it was a bit of a gimmick i was like when will i sort of use this thing about since i've been up here and earlier on we had a uh, moose or something jump out in the road in front of us i was like okay i could really do with that thing spotting that animal before it jumps out of the woods yeah and it's, it's times like that which are incredible it's and it's actually it's, it's totally a safety feature at that point in time because we're driving in the middle of nowhere and there are What's a many, what are many moose called? Meese? <laughs> Moose-eye. Mooses. There's lots of mooses around. Yeah. And we've seen one today, but you don't know when they're going to come out, and they can just walk out. So you've got to be super careful. But it, and it, just having that thermal camera means you can... You can see a lot further than you can with your eyes. It's, it's, it's great. It's, it's, it's a really good system. I thought it was a bit of a gimmick when it first came up. Yeah. And I would, if I lived in anywhere that was like countryside all the time and there was animals and things like that, I, I would 100% get yeah. that for sure. Because in England, all you're going to be spotting is like a cat. Yeah. And or a fast Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, if you're driving through, through town on a Friday night, you might uh, avoid swerve the odd drunk. <laughs> but other than that, I'm not sure. I mean, like I said, I had the RS6 for three years. I never used it other than for, hey, look at this little feature. But out here, game changer. Super cool. Speaking of four-wheel drive, A1 Quattro. Oh, oh my days. <laughs> so someone's brought an A1 Quattro on the trip, and both of us had a go in it on the ice track. It's uh, just on winter tyres. And the revelation between, let's say, driving this Bentley and driving the A1 Quattro, one, it feels crazy light. I, I mean, think it must be half the weight of a Bentley. It's, I think it's, what was it, 13, 13 yeah. 1,400 kilos. So it's not like super light, but this car is like, I don't know. Two, I feel like it's heavy. It feels like double the weight when you drive around the track. Yeah. And in the A1, it's got an old school handbrake. manual handbrake. And what that allows you to do is just rip the handbrake on the way into the corner, set the angle, and then just giggle. <laughs> just giggle endlessly as you burn it around this ice track. It is it was so much fun. But what's great about it was once you've hit that handbrake and you've set your angle, you can stomp full throttle because that quattro yeah. just like draws you through, like straight through the corner. It was amazing. So, so much fun. And also it was manual. So you had the whole like clutch yeah. dump thing and clutch setup, and that was cool. That was, it was really cool. And it was a really interesting highlight of the difference between having a, a on an ice track which is a pretty random scenario but <laughs> having a handbrake gave you so much more control yeah. over the car because it's, if it's a normal four wheel drive like let's say like this you trying to drift the car it like understeers understeers then drifts mm. unless you really unless, unless you, you fully scandy flick it or yeah. something which it makes it really hard a lot harder to control for sure but um we haven't got that long 
to uh, to chat, but I thought a little highlight of what we're doing right now and just a bit about the car. Also, it's funny that we're doing this here. It's pretty hilarious, isn't it? I cannot explain to you, maybe jump onto Sam's Instagram or my Instagram to set the context of where we are. Yeah. In the (laughs) middle of nowhere. 100%. Literally, um, about an hour ago, we skimmed through the Arctic Circle. Yeah. There's there's a bit of context. Take that box. Yeah. James, can you give me... You've had a few few major updates recently. You want to have a little talk about that? Project Four. Project Four. Yes, this is my my fourth year of YouTube, and every year you sort of look to improve and step it up. Only four. It's my fourth year. Yeah, I know, mad, isn't it? And of those four years, I was doing it part time for two years, yeah. which is which is nuts. So, yeah. So one of the things that wanted to push me to step it up. To, to the next level really was 2020 because it was marking a new decade Mm. so it's like for me I'm quite sort of nostalgic when I look back on years and new year for me is a funny time because I look back and I'm like how you know how how have things improved what's been achieved etc etc and I thought man 2020 that's the the beginning of a new decade where would I like to be in come 2030 right and I thought I'm going to have to change the fundamentals of what I'm doing so Project 4 is, and, and here's an exclusive for you, Sam. <laughs> project 4 is is one project. I'm, a, I'm, I'm about to announce Project 5 and 6, uh. and these will sort of uh, tie together what Project 4 has started. Uh. So, for those of you listening going, what, what's he talking about? What's yeah. Project 4? So, I've, I've been a uh, YouTuber, for want of a better word for the last four years predominantly traveling the world sharing the in, the in, incredible world of uh, supercars and, and sports cars but what what that has meant is every time I begin the video of a car I'd like to do a sort of walk around like a walk and talk and show you the interesting and unique details of any given car that I'm filming what it normally means is trying to find a quiet lay-by or an empty car park and both of these things don't exist like halfway through you'll have passing traffic or someone will come and park right next to you or something will happen that will make the opening setting of that video kind of suck. So Project 4, I have taken out a space on a location in Oxfordshire called Bista Heritage. So Bista Heritage was originally an RAF base. Over the last sort of five or six years, it's been redeveloped and the guys who have developed this site have kept it sort of uh, automotive focus only. So everyone who has taken out building buildings and units there are within at the minute predominantly the classic car world yeah and check out one of my previous podcasts like it's a couple ago with pip who is the site development manager director for Bista heritage absolutely that's a really in-depth like look and chat about what that site is all about so what sort of sold me on this space was their future growth plans are incredibly exciting because while they've been focused on sort of heritage and classic cars over the last five years, their future is moving more towards modern day contemporary sports cars and then even further in the future, electric cars, etc., etc. But for me, I really feel like it will become the automotive hub of the UK. So first move was, how can I plug myself in there? The second move was on site, they have their own test track. 
Now, for everyone else, it's sort of like a nice perk. So anyone who has a space there gets access every now and again to that track to say, if someone's just completed the rebuild of a new Bentley blower, they'll take it on circuit, shake it down, do a photo shoot, or even introduce their uh, client to how to drive that car on that circuit without having to take it out on the road. For me, (laughs) all of a sudden, I've got this, dare I say it, sort of Top Gear style setup where I've got this studio on site and I can drive out of my studio door after filming a car in my own environment and then drive it out on track and do a full-on sort of test drive but importantly for the audience be able to film it in the way that I've always wanted to for the last four years I've been filming everything on roads and you just can't drive a car properly no it's it's when James told me about this I was just like oh my god this is the most inspired idea because I Bits of Harris is, is a sick place but I'd kind of forgotten that they had a test track and then James was like not only am I moving to this cool location I'm like oh sweet nice place whatever <laughs> but I have unlimited access to the test track like, oh my god you beep 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 <laughs> so um yeah, so that's... Um, you driven around it yet? I've driven around it twice. Uh, the first day that we, I filmed the introduction video to what Project 4 was all about, yeah. so introducing the audience to the site, the future of the channel, and what it holds, I did a, a pretty slow lap around it in the... Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. TDF. Mm-hmm. And then the first ever video that we've properly filmed there was last Friday with uh, the UK's first Koenigsegg Regera. <laughs> Um, now, as it happens, that track isn't big enough for the, for that car. This Koenigsegg Regera has fifteen hundred horsepower and fifteen hundred pounds feet of torque, not newton meters. It's actually closer to two thousand newton meters of torque. So, I, I'm not aware of many stretches of tarmac on Earth actually that will do that car any justice. But still, as far as sort of opening bits of content goes, we were swinging high there. Yeah, you, you started off small. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, you just you just giving yourself lots of room to to grow. <laughs> no, it sounds it sounds like a sick a sick space. Are you gonna? Are we gonna see some laptops? We are, yeah. I'm. Uh, I'm currently in the process of working out together with myself and Vista Heritage how it will work, because lap timing is 
pretty standard procedure. The insurance uh, topic that surrounds lap timing is a very different thing. The nature of it is, if you're going for a lap time, you are inherently trying to push the boundaries of that car, and that's when things go wrong. So as it is on any sort of standard track day, they don't like yeah. you timing because it, it basically invalidates their insurance. So we're having to work out a system where we can time but still be insured. Now, fortunately for us, I will only I will only ever be the only person on that track at, at that time. And it's also a big open airfield. So the risk assessment should be better than, say, if you were timing it at, like, Goodwood, right? yeah. <laughs> where the, the sort of runoff is like a, a postage stamp and the tire walls are made of concrete. So what sort of insurance do you have to get? Because presumably most, you know, like most tractors or whatever, most people won't insure their car. Mm. And people that are lending you the car probably won't. Yeah. Insure. So I need... Oh, is it like a business thing? Yes, because it's technically public pr- property, I would need public liability insurance. Right, okay. So say, for example, that was a new RS4, I think. Yeah, we keep seeing loads <laughs> of like prototype development, funky winter testing vehicles yeah. <laughs> everywhere. Just up the road from here is uh, the Bosch testing facility where they develop new electronic stability mm. programs and stuff. And the, on ice and the one in this car works exceptionally well mm. unless you want to be a bit of an idiot in which case you have to turn it all off because it's like it's just too good at looking after you <laughs> <laughs> anyway back to the track yeah so while I'm on site there across the airfield is an active airfield so there's still a glider school there there's still like groundskeepers maintaining things and so I think it's more of a public liability insurance rather than the actual cars themselves because the majority of the cars that I'll be uh, filming will be from brands however I have started this modern classic series where I'm now borrowing people's private cars and then we still are at a stage where we're like okay you need to sign sign this piece of paper that says if I stack this yeah. sorry <laughs> but yeah I'm sorry but, about it yeah exactly so but you know I've had the keys to this place three weeks yeah. so it's all very early stuff but the biggest amount of feedback in the comments from the audience of that video was lap times so at some point we're going to need it's going to need to make that happen it's funny and, and in something we were talking about the other day is people look at let's say like nerbo ring lap times and you might say like a 918 was 645 on some funky tires or like 651 yeah. officially and then a gt2 rs was 645 or something but they're never on the same tires. <laughs> no. So this is a funny conversation. I'm sure some people, some of you guys will have thought of it. Every time a manufacturer brings out a new version of a car, like the the new GT3 RS, yeah. and they compare, you see the Nurburgring time, and everyone's like, ooh, it's way faster or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's on a stickier tire. Yeah. It's pretty much always on a stickier tire. So like the current GT3 RS yes. and the GT2 RS videos are on the Cup 2R, which, which is like is a, a super limited tire that you... you you can get hold of, but it's kind of a bit tricky to get hold of. And you compare that. So we were we, we were saying. So maybe we have to do this some somehow do this at yeah at the uh, JWW test track yeah, of get. We want to get one car like a nine nine seven RS a nine nine seven RS yeah and a nine nine one GT three or GT three RS yeah and put them both on the same tires and see how it goes. and see the difference and then put them both on like. The original, the original tires. Yeah, 
particularly a 997. I mean, there's been a generation leap in tech. Yeah. So I would like to know what the original lap time was of a, of a Gen 2 997RS on its original tires yeah. versus a on set some of cut new R's. Cut 2Rs. Like, yeah. we're talking seconds here. Oh, yeah, tons, sure. tons. Yeah. Like, I know from my experience uh, yeah, with my GT2RS, when I first got it, it was on the Michelin Pilot Sport Cup. Uh-huh. And in the dry, Austin Martin DBX winter testing over there. Yeah. We should pop in. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> when I first had that car, yeah. in the dry, great tire. Yeah. In the wet, awful. In the cold, awful. Like absolutely shocking, yeah. and didn't last that long. Right. Cup twos. Yeah. Different ball game. Yeah. Like more grip all around. Yeah. In the wet, everywhere. It's just, and I, when I first fitted it. It wasn't technically homologated for the 997. Like, you weren't technically allowed to put it on a 997. But I decided that I would rather keep my car on the road and, like, (laughs) the warranty on the suspension be slightly iffy Iffy. than not be on the road. So was this a tyre that wasn't N-rated or wasn't wasn't 997 RS-specific? RS specific they hadn't said for that car you can put this on like 8 months later they put it on so now if you just want a set of tyres it's it's a cup 2 and the the R as far as I've heard is more of the same like in the dry it's just a much better tyre someone who had a Gen 2 RS was saying it's just the whole car feels so much better yes it's a bit quicker but just to drive it's a lot easier and a lot better and that's I think one of these things like, like putting on winter tyres in the winter yeah. you're not looking at these like worst you've got to look at like, the kind of worst case scenarios of you're driving along in the summer and it suddenly starts snowing and like yes. are you going to be okay or not <laughs> yeah. like, you want a tyre that works so I mean, as a spot of context for how tyre tech has improved, it is slippy. Michelin recently launched a tyre called the, the PS4S, which is a sort of good all-round tyre, right? Yeah. And so if you were to sort of explain what they're like, a PS4S is 80% road bias, 20% track, whereas a cup tyre is twenty percent sorry, 80% track, 20% road, in a sort of vague statement, yeah. right? The PS4S has the same lap times as the previous generation Cup 2. Really? Yeah, and it's a good all-round, like, any weather tyre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have the 4S on my... I had it on my M2. Mm. Uh, Great. Just great tyre. And you're used to, like, you know, like yourself, I'm used to driving sports cars with, like, slightly stupid tyres on. And everything, like, when it's wet, when it's a bit slippy, everything just being a bit sketchy. And it's quite nice (laughs) going back to, like, a... It's more of a performance tyre but just like a kind of a normal tyre that can actually deal with different conditions actually having some grip yeah yeah having some grip did you what did you have on your GT3 in the winter did you just leave it on cups <laughs> yeah I did <laughs> I just left it on cups and I've got them on uh, the gen so I'm currently driving a generation 2 991 GT3 and that is currently on cups and it's and it's been fine and i basically daily that car and i've been in some torrential downpour and you slow down of course but it i haven't had any tricky moments of aquaplaning or anything like that it's been good yeah it's 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 just it's just pretty they're just tires tires when you come and do something like this drive on the snow or whatever you really start to appreciate how bloody mental tires are incredible Uh, yeah so, with what else is cracking? Well, I would like to. Uh, how does this work 
with your audience in terms of are, are they able to leave comments somewhere? Uh, it's tricky. Uh, yeah. It is tricky. This so podcast kind of format's like weird. Send you a message or okay. a message on Instagram or something. Okay, well, what Sam's going to do <laughs> is when this podcast goes live, he's going to put up an Instagram post. And on the bottom of that Instagram post, I would like you to comment on what you think the best snow tour car is. Now, we've been having this chat for a while yes. because it's not all going sideways on a track all day. There are hundreds of miles between points and countries where you might want some comfort and some refinement and some heat and some sat-nav. And then when you get to the track, you might want none of that. And like an older car, maybe with thinner tires or studs studs or something. So we came up with (laughs) the dream situation would be to basically have a transporter (laughs) (laughs) drop off the ideal car for you at the track and then hop in something like the Bentley between tracks. But we did sort of come to a middle ground, mm. which was, we reckon, something like a 997 manual for GTS. Why does everyone keep flashing us? Are we like on the wrong side of the road or something? No, I don't think so. Well, I don't understand. Um, our, why are they flashing us? I don't know. Our headlights are on. Yeah, they are, but... No, I mean, like... Our full beams on. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, oh, I know why. Full beam is on. Because the scent. Okay, so we've got these trick sensors yeah. that direct it at other people and stuff like that. Yeah. But I think they've oh, frosted up. up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, our our thermal imaging camera. I mean, in what world are we talking about cars with thermal imaging cameras? Absolutely ridiculous. Yes. But anyway, true story. Our thermal imaging camera. I think the lens of it has become clogged up with snow because we were following a few trucks earlier and it all got a bit clogged. So back back to, I think, something (laughs) like 997 4 GTS manual on studded tyres would be a a pretty good balance of all the stuff. The diff would be nicely rear biased because I would say the diff on this car is a bit... Yeah. It's a bit too forward for being an absolute loon. It yeah. basically means you just come out of corner, you just accelerate so fast, so, fast. so you can't hold big angles for a long no. time because you just you just accrue so much speed. Yeah. It's too good at sending you down the road yeah. rather than sending you sideways. Yeah. And then having stepped out of, and this is something I probably wouldn't have highlighted if I hadn't spent some time in the A1 Quattro, handbrake. Oh, yeah, the handbrake, a manual handbrake. Yeah. Like, I think if you had a rear-wheel drive car, it's probably not so much of an issue because you can just add angle whenever you like. But actually having a manual handbrake <laughs> is just the sickest thing. <laughs> it's so fun. Yeah. yeah, so I don't know when this is planning on going out. It'll but like the first week of February. Uh, okay, so if Sam remembers to put up a post, go on that post and comment and let us know what would be your ideal snow tour car. Yeah, drive around Sweden. Yeah. In this winter, on the snow. Also, we pack for two of us for a week with, so two bags each for clothes and two bags each for gear. So camera gear, drones, etc. And Sam's fully lit sideways right now. <laughs> <laughs> We've just made it onto some slightly stiffier surface and uh, some more back back road type places. But um, yeah, I'll say to summarize the, the snow tour, other than our particular trip is a bit mental and some slightly crazy cars. If you can work it out, get some mates in some cars, any car. Preferably rear-wheel drive. Preferably rear-wheel drive, but front-wheel drive's fine, four-wheel drive's great. Yeah. Yeah. And just come to northern Sweden 
and just, and just drive around for a week. Yeah. You can get access to ice tracks. It requires a little bit of organizing. It's not very expensive. No. I think we had quite a large group and last year, the one in Norway, it's the only one I've got a figure for. Right. Uh, it was like, it was like 50 quid each a day. Unbelievable. I'm, I'm, listen to me. 50 quid, the, the disproportionate joy per pound is absurd yeah. for 50 quid. And as long as you don't hit anything, and like be a bit careful yeah. because the snow is soft but like not at 100 miles an hour if you hit it 100 miles an hour the it's not so the airbags come out <laughs> but it is the most fun you can have and you don't wear out tires you don't wear out brakes mm-hmm. none of that stuff and if you don't go anywhere near a nice track it's like you're in well literally rally sweden Yes. Like every single back small back road is like a winter is a winter rally stage mm. and people do drive like it yeah, as brilliant. well but what I find enjoyable is you're you're not going fast to have fun no and if you're slight like you're saying then okay we were just like drifting around that corner it was at like 20 miles an hour yeah like and all this stuff is so slow like if, if it doesn't come and translate very well to video but <laughs> in the car you are just laughing the entire time and you're maybe going five miles an hour but you're totally like on the limit yeah, it's brilliant. trying to not send it off the road <laughs> and it's just it's just the most fun that is it it's just the most fun any car come for a week or a couple of days or whatever I think I think that's a good roundup yeah I think that we are seven minutes from the airport so the, Good time to wrap it up. Yeah, well, thanks very much for listening. And we will, I will resume with the normal podcast after this. Got some interesting guests coming on. Uh, thanks for coming on, James. We should get you on my podcast. Yeah. Uh, and have a chat. Yeah. And about, about stuff. Come and see your track. Come and see it. Let's go sideways there. Let's do it. The Not one. so good on the tyres. Yeah, but okay. <laughs> I'll accept that one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks very much, guys. Ciao. 